Charles Wessex. And you must be Frankenstein. My name is Adam. We are all the sons of our fathers, are we not? This is Dr. Wade. She's one of the world's most respected electrophysiologists. Hello. Welcome to the Dive Scale Movie Club. On today's show, we'll be discussing the exciting new film from the writer of G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. It's I, Frankenstein, released in the year 2014. I'm your host, Neil T, in gothic old England. And on today's <laughs> show, I'm joined by Dive Scale Movie Club members from Austin, Texas. It's alive! It's alive! It's Todd Brisket. That's the name the Gargoyle Queen gave me. <laughs> from Virginia, it's uh, Jovial John and Bride of Jovial John, a.k.a. Jackie. Time is fleeting. I ask you not waste mine. Do you understand what that book means to me? It's a chronicle. <laughs> oh, I can't stop. Of how I came to be. Who I am. What I am. <laughs> well, I'm good at this. Watch out, Kate Winslet and Robert De Niro. Look out. <laughs> uh, from Rhode Island, it's Stephen Castlevania Greenwell. Trusting others is a mistake you only make once. And last but not least, it's Paul Fantasy Island, Glenn. That's it, Joanna. We are moving. That guy with the Count Chocula face and all his little friends are attacking the cathedral. Again, there's fireballs getting scorch marks all over the driveway, which I just had power washed. Oh, and surprise, surprise, the spotlights of heaven just woke up little Joanna Jr. I swear to God, if anybody lived in this neighborhood, I would call a meeting. And now it's time for the feature everyone's talking about. It's Jackie's Movie Synopsis Time. Woo! Oh yeah, here comes the music. Oh yeah, rocking out. <laughs> Take it away, Jackie. Okay, well, I, Frankenstein is about Frankenstein's creature. And uh, <laughs> he fights demons. <laughs> and there's also, you know... What are those things called? The gargoyles. Gargoyles, yeah, the flying uh -huh. stone things. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, we were about three quarters this move way through this movie, and I didn't realize they were supposed to be in modern times. I thought there was like flashbacks back and forth. <laughs> this was, yeah. movie was confusing, and um, a lot of action that was weird. And but it's on Netflix, streaming for free. So check it out. All right. <laughs> you know how they went. You know how they went to modern times is because Aaron Eckhart got a haircut. And he, and he got a hoodie as well. It's Frankenstein in a hoodie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, gargoyles, yeah. The gargoyles still wore all their same bondage gear that they wore from 2,000 years ago. I know. I just, it was confusing. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, to be Great fair, synopsis, it's, it's hard to fit a gargoyle. It's hard to what? It's hard to, you know, it's hard to fit them. You know, you don't, you don't want to buy new clothes all the time. Yeah, when, when that one dude died, that one gargoyle died and his, his loincloth was like floating down from the sky and they took it, took it back home because they have to reuse it. It's special made. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So uh, I think we should say, first of all, um, we're recording this the day after Valentine's Day, and uh, which was Steve's birthday. So happy birthday to Steve. Happy birthday to Steve. Happy birthday. Am I supposed to know how that happy bong, happy happy song goes? What what do you see? Uh, that's 
Well, I'm deliberately doing the Stevie Wonder version because if you, you get sued to high heaven if you try to do the original because that's still under copyright, isn't it? Not that Stevie Wonder isn't. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you just swap one problem for another. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Well, you know, I think I'll get away with it because it wasn't a good enough rendition. But um, and did you do anything exciting yesterday, Steve? Oh, no, it snowed here. It was uh, it was bad. Sorry. Really? No, I, I went out Friday night. Okay. So you're buried under the snow right now, right? Yes. After this recording is done, I will be digging out from yet another storm. I think we're supposed to get another one Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's fun times in the uh, in the Northeast. Good times. So the other mm-hmm. week we were, we were laughing. I was laughing about the idea that um, uh, the, one of the Valentine's Day movies opening uh, just before Valentine's Day was Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. But uh, PP, do you want to want to tell us anything about what what you uh, you and Mrs. PP did yesterday? Mm, well she went to go see 50 shades of gray which from what i could gather was most disappointing oh really mm-hmm. i tell you what you should do you should tell us that story about your honeymoon if you if you're uh, happy to share that oh just because it's humiliating to me and well, funny to I, everyone else you, you don't have to tell it you can, <laughs> you can say i don't know what I'm, you're talking about well i i i associate the 50 shades of gray books with uh neil's homeland because we took our honeymoon in uh, the first part of our honeymoon we took in London, and um, my wife uh, brought those books with her on the honeymoon because she wanted something to read on the plane and just became absorbed with them. And I spent a good chunk of our uh, evenings sitting in bed next to her while she read the old uh, trashy porn novels. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's emasculating. Yeah. Now, those are books that, that Jackie would be into, right? <laughs> no, no, the opposite of that. Is it emasculating because she's reading or because <laughs> it's that book? Oh, John. <laughs> it's the subject. I'm just matter. trying to keep track here. Um, I was going to say, I forgot what I was going to say. No, sorry. I just got flustered. Oh, so it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of like the, the sort of. Um, the honeymoon cliche, isn't it? That you know, you know, you didn't really leave your hotel room, but perhaps not for the normal reasons. <laughs> well, I, I ended up going to a movie uh, by myself at, at a uh, famous uh, movie theater there in Paris while she stayed in and read. <laughs> so wow. it's great. I don't yes, want to mischaracterize it. We had a good time, but she really did enjoy enjoy those books. Okay, now onto the movie. Uh, now, PP, you're our sort of resident fantasy movie fan. Um, and you, mm. you, you pick this movie, obviously you love it. So what, what did you love about this movie so much? Mm, I would like to point out that I'm actually our, uh, resident good movie fan. It just so happens that, uh, there's a lot of really good fantasy movies. There's yeah, also like a lot of one. really bad ones <laughs> like this one. <laughs> now I didn't think this movie was terrible, but I chose it because, um, yeah, because it's fantasy and it was uh anytime there's a big budget sort of fantasy movie, um, I'm I'm game and I'm fairly easy to please when it comes to that, which is a good thing. Yes, yes. I have to say I got quite confused from the beginning because, you know, I'm not a big I'm not the biggest Frankenstein fan, but I was really confused. Like, well, who are these demon guys? What's going on? They're not in a Frankenstein book, are they? One of demons in there. Mm-hmm. That was confusing for everyone. This takes place the the day after the book ends, the book ends with Frankenstein right. um, killing his, or Frankenstein's monster killing Frankenstein by freezing mm. him to death. Um, I don't know if that's true mm. because I never read the book, but apparently <laughs> that that is like the end of the book. And then this movie picks up 
right right after the next day. It's like oh. it's like Hamlet too, you know. It takes place like right <laughs> after. Yeah, so I mean Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the original book, was described as like the first first work of science fiction. So what you've got here is not so much science fiction, it's more kind of fantasy, isn't it, really? Um mm. because he's not really Frankenstein, is he really? He's basically as Aaron Eckhart in a you know, playing Aaron Eckhart with a few scars and a bunch of gargoyles flying around and stuff and fairies and mm. Lord of the, it's kind of Lord of the Rings meets Frankenstein, I suppose, isn't it? And a gravelly voice. <laughs> They had an unused script lying around for Constantine too, and decided, well, we got to use this. Right. Ah, that's exactly the note that I made was Constantine. <laughs> it, it seemed like a, a right. it seemed like a cross between Constantine and Underworld. Yeah, to me, it felt like um, it felt like Diablo. You know, Steege, fam- you're familiar with Diablo. Oh yeah, I know Diablo. You're the uh, Frankenstein's monster is the one Nephilim that can destroy the de- the demons, and but also there's some angels that are that are bad sometimes so you have to kill the, the angels too so mm-hmm. yeah to save to save the humans and why do why do these people why do these gargoyles and and demons care about the humans so much why don't they just like worry about their own uh demon land and not the humans <laughs> i know that sounds like a note that the director made for himself why do we care about the humans yeah. so much humans, why don't we just worry huh? about the- <laughs> so I think the demons, I think the backstory is the demons are angels that have descended from heaven with Satan. And then the gargoyles are sort of he- angels or something. But the gargoyles are angels that are protecting humans. That's right. Because that was the whole idea of having gargoyles in churches, apparently, mm-hmm. from the sort of medieval times. They're angels in training from this movie mm-hmm. is what I gathered. Once they once they ascend, they become angels. Now, you you mentioned uh, Underworld, and this is, this movie is from the same people who brought you Underworld. So it's from pretty much the same team. Oh, so that's why it was so high quality. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I've seen Underworld. Have you guys seen Underworld? No. Yeah. Oh, Oh, uh, what's her nuts? uh, Kate Beckinsale, man. Woo. Smoke show. That's that's one reason alone to watch that movie. Is this time for you to do your uh, classic uh, hottest chicks that weren't in this movie? What's with what's with the bits and skits? Hey, this all this comes from my heart. Bit zone. This comes from my heart. <laughs> well, there, well, I don't know if there were any hot chicks in this movie. Actually, you know your your heart is not between your legs, Todd. That's not the right organ. That's it's where all the blood flows. And this is your bit. In, in any case, this is your bit about the uh, you know your hoots hoots report, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> What are you talking about, Neil? Mr. All, Brisket only women, judges off of all character. All women are respectable. You know, I respect... <laughs> there's one woman I respect in this movie because, first of all, because she is very smart. She's a scientist. Um, she obviously spent years researching biological and, and you know, physiological structures and spent years at probably Harvard Medical School. And, you know, she's very smart. And she's also... Super hot. Her name's Yvonne Sh- Strakowski, or whatever her name was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was in uh, Dexter. Chuck. Chuck. No, she was. Well, in Dexter. She might have been in Chuck, but she was. She was also in, in Dexter. Oh, maybe the uh, seasons we didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> what else was she in? She was in something else as well. Well, Neil. Yo, I know her from a little a little video game called Mass Effect Two, where she played Miranda Larson, uh-huh. and there she was a smart scientist type lady herself as well yeah with an australian accent mm-hmm. well everybody in this movie is playing british apart from Aaron Eck- eckhart they're all australians playing yes 
What was up with Aaron Eckhart's uh, accent or lack thereof? Yeah. Made what? no sense. He's a he's a vagrant anyway, so he doesn't need to have a local accent. Okay, so I mean, but his voice is so gravelly, you're not supposed to notice the accent. I guess that's right. That's because he's <laughs> that part is of accent. six different people. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, one yeah, one of those people is uh, some guy that grew up in the Midwest. Isn't isn't um, Frankenstein? Uh, his story takes place in like Transylvania type place, like Romania. Something yeah, like yeah. There, there is actually so. like a Castle Frankenstein. Not that I did a I did a little bit of research or reading up on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I only skimmed the skim the article on Wikipedia, but she went to like uh, Eastern Europe and she did visit like Castle Fra- von Castle Frankenstein, which I guess is a bit like you know Dracula coming from Transylvania. I think. Her chappy, Pierce Shelley, whatever his name is, I don't know what his name is. Anyway, they both um, wrote, he wrote uh, a vampire book called Vampire with a Y, and she wrote Frankenstein both at the same time. So they're sort of prototypical um, scary monster type books. Hmm. You know, I, I, it's worth pointing out, I don't know if anybody else has read Frankenstein, but uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is not a particularly frightening book it's really um it's a little bit of science fiction a little bit dramatic but there's nothing really scary about it it was kind of repurposed as a horror story when they uh when they started making movies about it hmm. I mean, it's obviously mm-hmm. grotesque but there's nothing really scary in the in the movie it's more an examination of humanity interesting most importantly it's probably public domain now right <laughs> right yeah i think so um, now, I don't know if you want to defend this movie, PP, but uh, I'm going to let you no. defend it or, or condemn it. But uh, what are your thoughts on this movie overall? I didn't think it was too bad. It wasn't, I mean, obviously it wasn't great and it wasn't something that you would go run around recommending that everybody has to watch. But I'd say if you're into this kind of thing, like if you like Underworld and you like, uh, you know, these kind of vampire, werewolf, gargoyle, demon fighter movies, it's fine it's passable i mean there's they don't bother about any sort of character development or anything like that but um you know it's a thrill ride i would like to read a quote from aaron eckhart (laughs) who described frankenstein like this frankenstein is an intelligent evolved man and that's how he's portrayed in this movie for sure (laughs) (laughs) wow are you are you kind of trying to imply that Aaron Eckhart is a bit of an idiot? I think when he left college, he 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 got like a not a GED, but I think he got the equivalency of a college degree. It wasn't a college degree, and he went surfing or something. Who Frankenstein's monster did? Yeah, yeah. No, Aaron Eckhart. And what's interesting to me is that he went to school actually in my town, the town I'm now broadcasting from right now. Um, I don't know for how long, but he like he lived in Australia, then he lived over here. So he sort of, I think he kind of that was when he was a kid. So. I don't know mm. whether he's kind of a. <clears throat> so you guys have or... a a plaque erected in his honor, of course, because he spent yeah, a semester right. there. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe a couple of years. I don't know when he was a kid, anyway. You have a sculpture of a giant butt chin <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in town square. <laughs> this movie is a bad version of many other movies, um, <laughs> for and TV shows. There, there's of course. T would probably know this best, but there's Gargoyles, which was mm. a splendid. That was 
splendid animated show. A fantastic show. I think that was made by the same people that did uh, Batman, the animated series, too. It it was. Um, and it was, if you want to see Gargoyles, just watch Gargoyle, Gargoyles. Do not watch this movie, which yeah. the, the Gargoyle highlight of this movie is one of them gets punched in the face. And <laughs> right, yes. That's basically the only cool thing that happens, you know, as related to gargoyles in this. <laughs> um, and also, uh, Blade. If you want to see a good movie about vampires and demons getting killed, just watch Blade with Wesley Snipes. Because that's all I wanted to do while watching this movie. I have not seen that. Yeah, I don't. I actually like that shot where the uh, where he's punching the uh, the uh, gargoyles. There wasn't much else to to like. There were a few nice CG mm-hmm. effects actually. There's some really bad CG and there's some really good CG. And I think they use yeah. like three or four different uh, effects houses. So um, like the one of my, the favorite, my favorite shot is the where they're zooming into that sort of um, storage area for all the corpses. Yeah. Um, which looked a bit like the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. And in the commentary, the um, the uh, director said that um, it's that set a record for the, the the largest number of polygons in a in a in a shot and it was 30 <laughs> 30 billion polygons oh it's a lot of polygons so that's all the um cg sort of how they draw things in cg interesting mm. well you know for i mean the poly those 30 billion polygons they show up as less than a pixel so because they're so far away yeah yeah I, it's pretty it was a pretty dense scene though so you, they, i guess they I guess they do. They draw them if you can't see them. I don't think they draw them, but they probably have to think about them, don't they? That's no, well, work. when they're they rendered, think, they? when they're rendered by the two D display, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't draw them. It it, it projects no. it onto a two D display, which is rendered. So it's not actually rendering all those thirty billion or however many was. Mm. Um, I like the part where, well, first of all, can we just explain a little bit of the plot because I, you know. It's, Please it's do, weird. please do. How dare you? Jackie's explained the plot very clearly in her synopsis. Yes, very concisely. Something very about concisely. a guy who's <laughs> split up into things. Well, yeah, go ahead, team. Okay, I guess we can infer the plot because demons are fighting gargoyles and then uh, Frankenstein's monster is in the middle for some reason. But anyway, um, I like the part when they're having that huge battle and that one gargoyle went over the top and like flew. he grabbed one of the demons. He flew him all the way up like 100 stories to the top of their little... Uh, ski resort they have there in the in the mountains and flew him all the way to the top and impaled him on the, the steeple on top of the building that was cool <laughs> <laughs> that was cool <laughs> yeah. some as neil said some of the uh some of the fight scenes in uh cgi in this movie you know it's like oh this this kind of cool um but then you cannot tell what is going on in the absolute slightest oh no yeah I had to look pretty much every plot detail up on Wikipedia after the fact. Yeah, I had no clue what was happening. <laughs> yeah, and even then, I still don't know. Every, like, I don't know why the demons are so obsessed about like reincarnating some of their other kind when it looked like they had an inexhaustible supply of demons to begin with. It it appeared that way. Yeah, I think once yeah, once they they go up and and they they go up to the earth and then are descended, then they cannot come back is how I understood it. So in order to increase the army of all those that have descended, I guess, I think there's a, there's a large amount, but they're in limited supply. Like they're not creating new demons. So the only way to get 
more demon armies up is to inhabit the soulless bodies. I don't know. It it seemed like they had like five demons for every gargoyle. It it was just stupid. That's pretty dumb. I don't know why I'm trying to. <laughs> is that your drop? <laughs> I couldn't tell whether you could hear that or not. So I thought <laughs> it's pretty dumb. That's pretty dumb. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll be sparing it's the, we, I'm not really sure what's going on here but I'll be sparing with that um, so basically you're saying that's pretty dumb okay I agree <laughs> now the only the only thing that wasn't dumb was that lead scientist now she was smoking she was spot on yeah I, I don't we, we do always rank who was the best actor in this movie I think she might be it by default uh, well, Bill Bill Nye mm-hmm. is a good actor. I don't know. Yeah, Bill Nye is pretty good. He's kind of chewing the scenery a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, I like Bill mm-hmm. Nye. He, he was quite creepy. Yeah, even though he is, his character was terrible, and you know the 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 dialogue was not that great. He he was pretty good in just making nah, that creepy I, face. I couldn't take him seriously at all. Also, they they seem to uh, the evil demons seem to have a problem with book learning because they cannot rep- replicate the the 300 year old experiment with a guy who is using electric eels. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <I know>. that's <laughs> well, yeah. If, uh, you know, Frankenstein dedicated his life to writing this memoir, um, with electric eels, but Strahovski, who has all the history of biological research ever at her fingertips on her iPhone, can't replicate it. Well, you know, She's good looking, at least. Yeah, well, they, you know how you know how she got past her uh, her thesis. No, how did she, Todd? <laughs> Through her her smart, she had a good, solid <laughs> argument. <laughs> Come on, Steve. <laughs> I I thought you were setting us up for a joke. That's not the T boy, no. This whole podcast is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a, a suggestion for the gargoyles since they have such a demon problem. Um, mm. You know how they have that symbol on all their weapons? Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah. The, the gargoyle kind of cross. Yeah. What they should do is get a uh, bullet forge, kind of cast some bullets with that symbol already etched on it. Uh, get a few M2s and load them up with some bullets and take out the, you know, the entire demon race. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I know. M2. What are M2s? Thanks for your input there. Right. <laughs> a ma- machine gun. Machine gun. Todd, you're basically saying the angels should be genocidal. The angels yeah. should be Hitler. I don't know if that's right. Isn't that what they're trying to do, aren't, aren't they? Trying to eliminate the demons? Yeah, this whole thing. Yeah, those angels aren't exactly the nicest, cutest, fluffy ones, are they? They're made of stone, and I don't know how they fly about carrying all that stone with them. That seems a bit silly, doesn't it, really? Well, the whole film's a bit silly. They're dark, edgy angels. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so were you? Am I the only one that was confused about the time period? <laughs> or- well, they he kind of jumped ahead. You saw there was a kind of a transition, wasn't there? Where yeah. basically he was walking like in a forest or something. I watched yeah. this movie three times, so I kind of unfortunately oh God, I've seen this three times. Well, I kind of <laughs> I watched it once and then I listened to the commentary twice. I wasn't really watching it because um, yeah. there's two two commentaries on there. But um, he was walking in a wood, and then you saw him transition, didn't you? He went from oldie worldie yeah. Frankenstein into guy with a hoodie so that was the 200 year jump wasn't it i must have missed that yeah. i don't know you were asleep <laughs> weren't you jack john can you no, confirm this i Jackie stayed awake for this one thank you 
<laughs> yes, I, I'll give her a quick. <laughs> we um we watched half of it and then the other half the next morning because I was getting tired and I didn't want to fall asleep. Yeah, in a very <laughs> non-Jackie move, she got tired and decided to pause. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Jackie, it, it probably doesn't help that even though once they go into modern times, like apparently all he can five find is the squalorest, shittiest dive to sleep in. Yeah, right. Like that, I mean, it, like it, that it, apartment yeah. he went into. It looked the same as I don't know. It was weird. To me. Yeah, they they shot this movie on location in Detroit, apparently. If all you're doing is going but, around and killing demons, what's the point of having a place? Is all I'm saying. But I mean, like, I'm talking about like when he was talking to the gargoyles and in their weird castle-y place. Like that did not look modern. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was like flashing back and again. Forth. They're gargoyles. Yeah, gargoyles are into a uh, retro style. <laughs> yeah, they, sh- they shop. They shop at Goodwills. They shot it in Melbourne, <laughs> and Melbourne's got all these. Uh, very old buildings. I mean, they're not very old compared in when you talk about Europe, but in terms of the rest of the world, it's sort of dating back to sort of the 19th century. So they got all these. Uh, so it looks a bit like Europe. So I think that was quite what they're going for is something that looked a bit like Europe, like sort of Hungary or Czechoslovakia or sort of some nondescript yeah. place. Those, mm. those convicts build stuff real good, Neil. That's right. Yes. Should, should have yes. kept them around. Mm. Um, yes. Britain's rejects. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Spatch. <laughs> Britain's penal colony. Oh, they're all lovely. Although we ship out quite a lot of quite a lot of British emigrates to, to Australia, so well, they're all British anyway. What am I talking about? I'm babbling now. Demons. Hey, they they wear some nice clothes, right? And uh, <laughs> the only problem is they have some horrible fingernail fungus issues. You know, they need to you get some tea tree oil and and fix those that those fingernail issues they have. Right. Yeah, I thought you were going to say they have yeah. the problem is they have horrible BO, and I was thinking, how do you know what it smells like? <laughs> Probably that too. Todd, do you think they're suffering from Pugeria? <laughs> you can tell whenever they go mm-hmm. full demon, uh, their face gets all wrinkly. Mm-hmm. You know, you never go full demon. <laughs> you only go that, half. That is, that does provide the one joyful demon. moment of the movie when when the um when the the demon henchman goes Frankenstein and then the scientist lady goes, Oh shit. That was the only point of the movie. I legitimately laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Did you not laugh at that? The bit I played at the beginning, which is when, uh, when Bill Nye is introducing the hot scientists Mm -hmm. and uh, he goes, blah, blah, this is so-and-so. She's like the most foremost authority on, uh, I don't know, whatever it was, regenerating bionic rats or whatever it was. And she goes, Hello. It made me laugh. Actually, yeah. uh, on the commentary, the producers <laughs> laughed at that as well because that was a pretty ridiculous. I, pretty ridiculous. I have a, uh, I have a question about there. the commentary. Do do they acknowledge that they made a stinking turd of a movie? It's funny you should mention that because I was thinking the same thing and I was listening. And what what generally happens if you listen to enough commentaries, and I I know you listen to a lot of commentaries as well, Steve, is that often, very often, they'll record, they'll make the film. Then they'll have maybe a premiere or not even a premiere. Maybe they do a sneak preview. Then they record the commentary and then it's released. Mm. So often they'll say, oh, we're going to, you know, the movie's coming out tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure that's like a deliberate ploy from the studio. Or I guess it's also probably built into the contract that as soon as they finish the movie, they go and, mm. you know, do all these, do all these materials. So they've got no idea what the reaction is. So, yeah, there were two sets of commentaries. There was one with just the, um, just the director. 
Um, and the director is the guy who's basically wrote um, things like G.I. Joe and he wrote Pirates of the Caribbean. Definitely shows. Um, and he's actually written a couple of good movies as well. He, he wrote uh, Collateral and Derailed, which I, I really like Derailed, actually. Collateral, I think, was the one with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom Cruise. And or, Jamie Foxx. Uh, Jamie Foxx, yeah. That's pretty um, good. And Derail was pretty good as well. Um, so they're worth checking out. But um, what was I saying? So there's one with him, commentary with him. Then there's also a commentary with uh, Kevin Grievous, who's the guy who wrote it. Well, he, did, he sort of wrote it. Um, in an interview, uh, Stuart Beatty very, very pointedly made the point that um, he's, he was claiming that uh, Grievous didn't really write the screenplay. He's got a credit for screen story, but uh, um, Beatty basically said that he wrote the whole thing and pretty much invented everything, including mm. all the characters. So, yeah. um, so it's with Kevin Grievous and also the producers, and they basically all, all of them basically thought it was a fantastic film. Um, but I don't know. I, I to kind of wonder what happened behind the scenes because this movie was made in like February 2012. Then it was delayed until I think September 2013 or something. Like, no, it was supposed to be released February 2013 because they had to obviously spend all the time in post production with all the special effects. Then it was delayed again because they decided to retrofit it in 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know whether, you know, I can just imagine the studio execs sitting there looking at it and going, oh, Jesus, let's try and milk some money out of this by sticking it in 3D because um, they make more money from 3D. You can charge like $20 for a 3D ticket. Yep. Um, but, um, and then, so it basically came out two years after it was made. Um, and that's always a bad sign mm-hmm. when when a movie's delayed that long. So uh, was, that, was, it, was, that, was that your question, Steve? Did they get it in time for Oscar season? <laughs> it was nominated for one i think it was nominated for best score in one one certain award thingy because it has a lot of score like it, virtually the whole movie is scored yeah um, like 90 minutes is scored soundtrack wasn't terrible good, i mean yeah. mm. it was uh like operatic creepy operatic uh gothic style i don't know what this style is called um you know with the uh, opera lady yeah yeah so it's pretty cool until they bust out the hard rock at the credits. Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, are you familiar with this Kevin Grievous type? He's um, or chap. He's a uh, comic book author. He's a comic book author. And apparently he did write this one, but I'm not familiar with anything he's ever done. Do you remember the guy in the movie? Who's one of the nasty demon chaps who's hanging around with uh, Bill Nye. He, the big, the big guy. He looks like a, bouncer remember that guy yeah that's yeah. him that's kevin green oh is it he has a he, he yeah. has a deep deep voice he's absolutely huge and that's his real voice that's not put on so um so in the commentary it sounds like this hello i'm kevin Grievous, and i'm gonna do the commentary now and this is my real voice <laughs> i think he started he probably started out as an actor um and then he said oh i like all these uh underworld movies that i'm in um i'm gonna make a frankenstein comic book uh not exactly <laughs> he has done a quite a bit of acting um let's see i think he actually here we go blah blah, 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 blah. underworld is his <laughs> so i think oh, he, he wrote did it. Um, he he did underworld well i mean no, i don't know how much writing he can credit claim. writing credit yeah on it. i mean I think he basically came up with the idea and then sold the idea, and I don't know how much he wrote himself. Well, I mean, my point my point still stands that he was an actor first. Looking at it here, he was on Star Trek and Stargate and Speed, The right. Mask. He's okay. been in a lot of stuff. 
Well, he's an interesting chap, actually, because he he had a uh, he got a degree in like microbiology and uh, genetic engineering, so he's pretty, he's pretty smart dude. But he looks like a bouncer, and he's actually played bouncers in in the movies as well. Um, okay, so let's 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 talk a tiny bit about Underworld. Oh, wait, so, hold on one second. Go ahead. Uh, gr- how do you say his name? Grievous. Grievous, I think. Yeah, Grievous. Mm-hmm. With an Grievous X. based based Underworld on his experience with interracial dating. And the That's literally that what I was going to say. <laughs> literally, what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, so he based it sort of on partly on Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I, I think you know, no, no offense to the chap, but if you saw him, if you if your daughter brought a chap like him, he's about he's probably about like yeah. five foot eight tall and five foot eight wide. He's huge, that bloke. What if yeah. what, to PP? Yeah. What if your daughter brought home Kevin Grievous? <laughs> Now that you've got a teenage daughter, what is is one of your rules that he shouldn't be well, as wide as he is as he is tall? Well, first I would demand to know if that was his real name, <laughs> and if it wasn't, he's out. Yeah, if this is before or after he was in Underworld, because if he, it was after, then sure, <laughs> have, have your way, have your way with my daughter, please. If Teeb doesn't judge on looks strictly based on the quality of character, then why would anyone else do anything different with the opposite gender? To do different would be sexist. Mm-hmm. Good observation. Oh, man, you just put a mirror right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> just put you put you on notice. I uh, just reading a couple of bits about his comic books. So he's done he's done a couple of comic books. I don't know how successful these comic books are though. I don't know if you know T, but you are, t- are you a comic book guy? Not that you're a comic book guy from Kinda. Simpsons, but. Kinda, um, but it. I don't think he's done much besides I Frankenstein, which is what I'm. I've been reading, so mm. I, I don't think mm. he's that much that well known, that now, prolific Neil, comic writer. Yo, yo, Neil. Did they mention on any of the commentary that um, Kate Beckinsale at one point was supposed to make a cameo appearance, but she mm. did not. No, and there wasn't really any explanation about that. Maybe she watched it. And went no, because uh, <laughs> it would make sense. They're, they're kind of in that universe, aren't they? I guess. I don't know. I don't think that's the case. This is a woman who volunteered to do like four underworld movies. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if someone if someone cuts the check, it seems like she's available. But you know, not, nothing doing for her on this. She has, she has enough standards to not be involved in this one. Uh, speaking of that, how sad was it to see Miranda Otto in this movie? Who is that? Really, really made me bummed out. I think she, I didn't recognize her, but apparently she's in that, some, some elf movie, wasn't she? Yeah. Oh, Cargo Lady. Wasn't yeah, she in she Lord of the, the Elves or something? Well, that things, whatever that thing's called. Yeah, that very thing. I thought fake Julianne Moore was okay in this. She's <laughs> fake. She's Australian Jodie Foster, don't you think? Don't you think she look like Jodie Foster? Oh, yeah, she does. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Especially this picture on her IMDb. <laughs> Paul, what do, what do we know her from? What do, what do normal people know her from? <laughs> I, I see she was she was Eowyn in Lord of the Rings, but that's about yeah. All that's all anybody knows her from, really. That's what normal people would know her from. Let's not forget those movies made like seventy squazillion dollars. So I think everybody knows her as Eowyn. I don't. Everything else that she's ever done, I think, has been. I don't really know. I mean, I know she's done a few little indie things, but I, I couldn't tell you anything else she's been in. It just made me sad. She's such a good actress uh, in uh, her performances. And Lord of the Rings are so good. It's a really layered 
performance. And then this, it was just not, it was just, well, oh, I what mean, could she do? What could she I do? Think, I think actually all, all the actors in this, because everyone in it apart from, uh, everyone in it apart from Bill Nye and, um, and Aaron Eckhart is, is Australian pretty much. Uh, the writer's Australian mm-hmm. as well, and they shot it in Australia. It's a very Australian movie, and I think they're pre- they're all pretty good actually. I thought they did really well, um, really good performances. I don't think this, even though this movie might be a pile of crap, I don't think it's their fault. I don't think they can. I don't think it should it should harm their careers. I think it might harm Aaron Eckhart's career because he is probably not known as a as a leading man in big movies, so it might have harmed him a bit. This might have been his sort of big chance. Mm-hmm. He was pretty awesome in Batman. In Batman, though, so I yeah, yeah, he's playing a. A smarmy politician, which he also kind of, I mean, that's what he's known from originally in Thank You for mm-hmm. Smoking, where he's playing the smarmy guy. He was awesome in that, like mm. amazing mm-hmm. in that. But he wasn't too, at the beginning of Batman, you know, spoiler, but the beginning of Batman, he wasn't smarmy. <laughs> spoiler for Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it probably is a spoiler for, for Torito, because he's probably the only person we know who... <laughs> Who hasn't seen it? <laughs> sorry, sorry, John. I, I completely was draw a blank when I think of him in Batman. I barely remember him from that movie. He was, I mean, he was the he guy that movie with half with a face Joker. missing. Remember? Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Would they call him Double Face, or they call him uh, call him uh, Double Face. What they call him? Mr. Face Off. Uh, Mr. Face. What? I do. Th- I do wonder whether there was like a movie exec who was like sitting in a meeting going, "Dude." We need someone to play a disfigured Scott dude, dude. Oh no, let's get the guy who played Harvey Dent. He was Scott, but not realizing that that was an actor. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, speaking speaking of scars, that was a good reenactment, yeah. dude. Dude, getting a dell. No, it, it, wouldn't dude. it be more like more like <laughs> did? Uh, how do they say it in Australian? Dude, we need an actor, dude. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah, this mate. kangaroo out of here, dude. Wow. It'll be a good day when we get wow. this dude. That's Teeb's best impression thus far. Wow. You know, I was actually going to do an Australian accent later on when I was quoting Stuart Beatty, but I don't need to do it now. I think I've been trumped by uh, TV. No, yeah. I, I think you still should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> G'day, cobbers. That, no, wait, that's your normal accent. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> There's a, there is a funny quote from. Uh, uh, there's a they, he did an interview with Screen Rant and it was a pretty funny one and the comments are funny actually because they're all going they're all going what the hell are you talking about um I see if I can read this quickly g'day cobbers when I pitched it to them three years ago I said it's about a monster that becomes a man and they said nah then they called me back a week <laughs> later and I said what's it again I said it's a monster that becomes a man and they said nah and they called me back a third time and they said but it's an action movie right cobber and I said, yeah, it's an action movie about a monster that becomes a man. And they were like, yeah. okay, great. Can I yeah. cover Boing, 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 boing. That's a kangaroo. Neil, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. That's my Australian accent, man. Um, now, but there's another quote from him, which is really hilarious. So he says, blah, 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 blah. It's the journey this guy goes on. It's, oh, Australian accent. It's the journey this guy goes on. It's the human story. That's what gives me the chance to do different types of action. I can't do his accent. Uh, having having really? it all hanging off this. <laughs> to me, when I look at I Frankenstein, it has more in common with films like Casablanca than whatever else. Ooh, Casablanca. It's a story of a go- Casablanca. That's hilarious. 
Um, but this line actually is quite funny. So the, so the character is called Adam, right? He right. says, it's a story of a guy who's set in his ways. He's a monster. And he's set called Adam. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> or oh, Frankenstein. Yeah. G'day, Cobra. G'day, sport. Yeah. Right, another shrimp on the barbie. Boing, 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 boing. Yeah, she. <laughs> I got a whole load of notes, but none of them really amount to anything uh, smart. Just do they not amount to a hill of comments. beans in this crazy world? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> they, do, they do not. You know what that m- reminds me of is this movie, I Frankenstein. Um, a couple things. Uh, Adam, I'm going to call him Adam because that is his name. He's not a, he's not a thing. And he <laughs> he is not name. an it. It is a he. I am not nope. a monster. I'm a real man. Mm-hmm. I'm a real boy. What they don't tell you is that in the original Frankenstein novel, uh, most, of them, most of them was taken from parts of men, but a few pieces came from women. He had to, he had to use what was available. Mm. <laughs> really? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, is that a joke or is this real? <laughs> and I'm talking about that cooter, man. <laughs> I gotta say, I did feel like there was some oppression in this movie because they keep trying to call him that that queen, you know, everybody else calls him an it, and the queen keeps trying to say that he's a man, um, but he self-identifies as a monster, and nobody really lets him do that. So yeah, I think they don't that, respect um, his he's an wishes. Other he don't. He doesn't. They yeah, don't respect exactly. his wishes, his independence. That's exactly right. Also, um, he, I think he, he's a Cure fan. It looks like, judging from his um, fashion sense, <laughs> and he also. Uh, oh, are I you like, saying he's uh, a gothic? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, he's got, uh, oh, not about him. So I was looking at the, um, at the beginning when he first gets rescued and brought into the cathedral where they're at. And I was thinking the worst job in the cathedral, candle duty. (laughs) I I imagine that by the time you get to the end of lighting all those candles, you got to go right back to the beginning and start Mm -hmm. back down on the bottom floor. Like painting the fourth bridge. Mm. I think that's how they punish people. Uh, about Adam, yeah, he said, um, one, my favorite line, I think he said, was that he was going to hunt those who hunted me. And I started thinking, but what if they, in turn, start hunting the hunted who's hunting his own hunter? Whoa. <laughs> what then? You blow my fucking mind, man. Deep. Paul, I think you just wrote on this podcast, Inception 2. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I think of it more as like Casablanca too. <laughs> Perfect. Two important things. Number one, um, he gives her the knife that has the symbol on it. Yeah. But fails to explain to her that you have to use this knife, and I feel like that's an important piece of information. He just sort of hands it to her, and I think that that should come along with. By the way, um, you can't swap this out. Regular knives don't work. Pepper spray guns. <laughs> Defenestration, none of that. This is the one. He just hands it to her. Now, what if, what if you etched the symbol into a pepper spray can? Mm. I feel like that would work. And that leads into my, my second note about the stamp was that I would sew that symbol into all of my clothes and um, etch it into everything I had. I'd get one of those custom toasters that imprints it on my bread. I would have it everywhere in my house. <laughs> 
so sure. that you could use anything to kill demons. Yeah, I would make a, a suit that was like a little bit spiky, but all the spikes have that little symbol carved into it. So like if they even touch me anywhere in my body, they just explode. Totally, totally. And why don't they share this information? If if the gargoyles are so interested in, in vanquishing demons, why don't they just run around spreading the word that, hey, everybody, you don't have to be a gargoyle. You don't have to be a whatever. Just everybody use this. Yeah, you don't have, yeah. If you ever see a demon, well, it might cause it cause some uh, some copycat murders where people just go around stabbing each other, accusing them of being demons. <laughs> right, that's true. So, have any of you seen the action thriller The Lost Boys? Yes, of course. I, I'm a, I'm aware of what it is. I know it has Kiefer Sutherland in it. So, to go on with what you're saying, I'm just wondering why they did not load holy water into super soakers. Oh yeah. Any thoughts on this? <laughs> Well, that would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did do the holy water face plant, though. We brought up before about using 50 cal machine guns with etched bullets. I feel like maybe holy water super soakers might be more realistic. Yeah, I mean, you could even mm -hmm. do it and carve it into some uh, BBs or a pellet gun. Yeah. Or, I mean, you could take a happy medium between 50 cal and, uh, and a BB gun and go with the M4. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. What's an M4? I don't either. M4 is a, is, is a carbine version of M16. That's oh, like probably the most, most I knew popular that. I knew that. Uh, firearm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was going to explain that, but John did it before me, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, M4 here is the motorway that takes you west out of London, but that's probably not what you meant, I think. It's just like that, but oh the American God. version. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I would like someone to explain to me how he grew a soul because that made no sense. I don't. I don't get think it. he grew one. I think he always had one, right? Mm. Well, well, it's like, like, the, it's like the, the lion in, like the, in Wizard of Oz or the Tin Man, or whoever it was. It's a bit like that. Okay. Well, then I didn't get it. Isn't that if I only had a brain? <laughs> I thought they somehow knew that he didn't have a soul. Like, I think everybody just assumed he didn't. Yeah. They just assumed? Okay. And when you assume, <laughs> you make a soul out of you and Aaron. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how you'd prove that. Yeah. I just didn't get the end. I thought there was some way that they could sense it. I don't well, know. You can't, you can't really tell you, you have or don't have a soul unless until you send a demon to go possess the body. And then you'll find out. Apparently. Mm -hmm. Apparently. I didn't mm -hmm. get or it. Or I think you can do a midichlorian count. As well, to check. Ooh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Well, of course it's of course it's surprising to Judgy Jackie that he could grow a soul. <laughs> <laughs> of course, mine's slowly wilting away <laughs> through my years. Or maybe it was never there. <laughs> oh God! Dun dun dun! <laughs> what notes do you have about this thrilling adventure? So number one. Yvonne Strasky, why was she not put in more form-fitting lab clothing? I mean, this is a movie for God's yeah. sake. I think she was pretty form-fitting under that lab coat, compared to the scientists I know. Well, everybody's form-fitting under whatever they're wearing. When she started hanging out with, uh, what's his face, uh, Hoodie Frankenstein, she wore some tight jeans and stuff then, didn't she? Yeah. Just saying. I mean, she had like a pencil skirt on and a fancy shirt. Like That's mm. pretty fancy for <laughs> someone working in a lab. And she had a lab coat. Peeping. Did anybody else notice there were uh, there was three or four instances where somebody would say something to her and she started to open her mouth and then they would cut away. And I kept thinking she must have just said something stupid. 
right? And so they, like she said, if I had a pony, I'd feed it gummy bears or something. And they thought, we can't use that. So we'll just cut it and act like she was. That, that happened several times through there. That's funny. And also, she, she, she continually did stupid things for a scientist. Like when she said, um, his science is wildly out of the box. And I was thinking, science is the box. When it's out of the box, it's not science anymore. That's, it, that's the definition of what science is. Or when she's being followed and she ducks into a deserted alleyway, because that's the best, smartest thing to do when somebody's mm -hmm. following you is to disappear down it. Well, she was hold on. She was too stupid for a scientist. Hold on one yeah. second. <laughs> I, I know a good number of scientists, and I can tell you that the science part of the brain tends to consume the common sense part of the brain. Mm. So I could mm -hmm. totally buy the, I'm sure I've offended our scientist uh, followers, but uh, I could definitely, I could definitely see that happening. <laughs> Let's up the current to 50 joules. Maybe she's into like the, the, the Kelly LeBrock uh, type of science, the weird science where only hot chicks can, <laughs> I don't know. There's only, that's the thing about movie, these movies, isn't it? You know, that's yeah. a scientist. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty yeah. of hot scientists, but really, seriously. You know who was who was really getting all the work done was that other old dude she was working with. He was the one that was mm. that was putting the hours in and getting the work done. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't agree. I think she he was just eye candy for her. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> she was the brains of the outfit. He, he slept his way to the top. <laughs> uh, guys, I think I should mention at this point that you would not know unless you looked at Wikipedia, but that is her father. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that last time that became a bit creepy. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> not not in real life, but oh, like on oh, I see what you're saying. Oh. I thought you meant like the actor. Oh my god. No one I'm cares. So no one cares about the reality of the movie. SG, come on, Jesus. At IMDb, you would not know. I was like, wow, she's really taken the death of this programmer she works with pretty hard. Um, <laughs> then I looked on IMDb, and the characters have the same last name. Wow, so this like, whole oh. this whole movie makes yeah. sense now. How would you ever know that? It makes slightly more sense. It's so crazy. You realize all that would have taken is one one instance of her calling him dad, and it would have mm -hmm. been clear in the movie. Yeah. Or she could or have said something when he died. Or she could have said, "I had to go save my father." But then again. Uh, if he was really her father, as you and, pretend that he is, yeah. uh, he wouldn't have given up his gave daughter <laughs> in front of the weird waterfall window. Yeah, what was that waterfall yeah. window thing? What was that? <laughs> um, well, she was treating him like a bitch as well. She was really kind of rude to him, wasn't she? Kind of ignoring him a lot of time. And yeah, eh, girls and their fathers. Mm. I think mm -hmm. I think so. She was probably just supporting him, trying to help him get through some tough times. She had a she had a cushy, cushy gig at this at this place. Uh, uh, shocking rat corpses and she said hey hey pops you know i got a, i got a button pusher roll for you up here come on over i thought you were saying that was the name of the company shocking rat shocking rat core shocking rat corp i <laughs> see you could totally see shocking rat productions being some kind of studio uh, production company reanimating rat corpses oh hey i have a question about her mm. well not about her specifically but Apparently, she and her father didn't know what what they were doing or really who they were working for, what was going on. And there was the um, the other guy who was the weird, creepy scientist that nobody knew about who was kind of handling all the bodies. And I was thinking, where did they get like the um, where did they get like the reanimators that they had hanging on all the bodies or that yeah. giant? machine? <laughs> yeah, the, the nice graphical display. Somebody had to make those graphics for them. <laughs> Yeah, it's like 84% reanimated. 
Somebody else is in on this. I think there's room for a sequel. JJ has discovered mm. a shocking revelation. JJ. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. No, I'm on Wikipedia. I think they just had a typo with those last names, because if you look in the cast, it says Carl Avery, not Carl Wade. I don't know. It's not that important. <laughs> According to the Wikipedia, he is a colleague name. of her, her royal highness. Uh, not so what they did, some father. idiots cut and pasted into IMDb and got it wrong, didn't they? And didn't yeah, in the plot obviously. section, they put his name, last name different mm. than in the cast I think section. we need to consult the source material. <laughs> Mm. We need to get Stuart Beatty on the line, the director. I think we need to go scientific method up in this. Yeah. I still think it's sad that I I said that and everyone immediately believed it anyway. Like there's <laughs> yeah. there, we need to get secondary sources. So the, mo- the moral of the story is we should never believe you again. <laughs> it is a bit odd because they could have had like a hot hot young dude in there being her uh, lab partner or uh, you know, her lackey. Mm-hmm. It was slightly odd that, you know. He was kind of the underling, and he was like an old dude. Weird. How is that weird, Neil? In this modern times, Neil. I'm not saying on. I'm not saying a male female thing, but more like that. He's he he might have been doing it for longer. You know, he might have. In theory, he should be the senior mad scientist. Oh, he was he there. was he was working in dentistry before this, so he has to <laughs> come back up to speed. Yeah, he changed fields somewhere along the line. <laughs> he was surfing in Australia. Right. <laughs> G'day, cobbers. I really liked um, Tiberius's death scene when he like exploded into that five five starred fireball and made a huge pentagram and then it and it made a huge crater in the earth and it and it went all the way down to to hell. I thought that death scene was was awesome. Mm. I thought he looked when he finally got the word that they were reanimated that all the bodies were reanimating. He looked so happy. That it was hard to root against him. Like he got that big grin spread across his face. These are his children. <laughs> he was so excited. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you know what? What's so, what's so wrong with the demons? What? what? Team's got I mean, they, <laughs> they, you know, what's, what's their, why is everybody against the demons? Because they just want to live their life the way they want to. Why does everybody have to oppress the demons? Why can't we be friends? Why can't demons well, they did be say friends? that they were going to kill all of humanity <laughs> and enslave their... They said they would kill most of them and enslave the rest uh, of them. So that's yeah, one... I mean, that's yeah. one strike against. If you watched it three times like I did, you would know that basically, uh, if they succeed, it's literally the end of the world. And uh, yeah. when she's like... When she's sewing up Aaron Eckhart, he explains to her that basically it's going to be the end of the world. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Who are you going to call kind of thing? What are you going to do? And, and on top of all of that, those Who red eyes. Call? Do you know what a pain in the ass that is to correct in Photoshop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They should have used a better camera with a red eye reduction or whatever it's called. Yeah. They did rather casually kill a police officer, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, I think yeah. his body, didn't his body get repossessed by a demon? Yeah, he didn't pay his, uh, didn't pay his monthly dues, so he got repossessed. But I'm... <laughs> if you watched it three times i was wondering if you noticed or if anybody else noticed the blatant evil dead 2 shot when uh gideon was swooping down to kill uh adam and he grabs him by the throat and they put yeah. the camera right in front of his face yeah. and slammed through about six doors while they were flying uh, that's right. yeah uh-huh. so that's mm-hmm. a perfect uh sam raimi shot mm-hmm. even had like that kind of ash face on where his <laughs> eyes were all bugging out I think they started off with a $36 million budget, which is not a huge amount for this kind of action science fiction 
fantasy slash uh, CG movie. It's not a huge amount of money. Um, but then it ended up being $65 million. And I think, I was wondering why they just threw money at it. And I guess that putting the, doing the 3D stuff and retrofitting that with without really planning for it in the first place probably probably took quite a bit of money. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it's just, I think it got this got 3% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty bad. And the meta, I think, I think one, the highest, uh, the highest rating in terms of a percentage it got was 50%. On the um, on Metacritic, and I think average about thirty percent in total. So I just thought it was, a, you know, it is. I often think about these movies and being a just a massive waste of money. And I think the studios they sort of plan, they bank on having some massive hits, and then obviously they're going to lose some money here and there. But sixty five million dollars. I was just wondering whether PP, if you had, you know, I was just wondering if you thought of it into those terms of like you could make thirty two. Two million dollar movies because you can make a good, a good <laughs> movie of two million dollars, couldn't you? Yeah, I think about that all the time when I see these mm. movies. So if I gave you two million dollars tomorrow, I mean, I, I'm sure you'd have to, you have to think about the budget, right? Whether you could make a movie. Mm, I could make you four great movies for two million dollars. <laughs> I think about that every single time when whenever there. What's funny is a movie like this, which failed miserably. Uh, and it's essentially not really a loss for the studio. I mean, they'll write it off, but it wasn't that expensive to make. They will have probably made an operating loss, but like the the gross was over sixty. It was over the budget. Obviously, they don't keep all of that, but I know they make yeah. a little bit of money on the DVD. So they would have made a little loss, but it wouldn't have been a huge loss. So, mm-hmm. but still a loss, I guess. It's not a John Carter like crash oh, no. and burn flaming right. turd. Yeah, they actually that actually caused Disney some problems. I think in terms of uh, share prices or whatever it was that they um that went. Yeah, and then they uh, and then right after they that they went and made the Lone Ranger. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that all that Pixar money kind of makes up for it, though. They're they're banking Disney. Disney owns Marvel. They're they're making money. Mm. And Star Wars. And Star Wars. Yeah, true. They they own everything. They they own everything. I I hold dear. Uh, I have a question. Okay, is Frankenstein immortal? Or not Frankenstein? Adam? Is he immortal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is. That part kind of um, confuses me. I don't think he can be. He's just very, very strong. Like when he's when he's thrown through that subway tunnel into the train, you're thinking, well, obviously that would kill, kill anybody. But there were a couple of instances where he was about to get killed, wasn't he, by the demons? Like mm-hmm. one of them was about to stab him or something. So if he, I'm sure, if he gets cut up, he, you know, he can't be very productive without a a leg or a, a head or something, you know. But it, it's mentioned that that he says, "I don't age." Right. Yeah. Because he's 200 years old. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it weird, though, that he voluntarily threw himself out of a window and did that bit, but then when Gideon comes to kill him, he's holding on for dear life off the edge of that that building. Hmm. Yeah, I That's don't know. That's what it you just... call a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing about him actually having a soul, it seems like, well, I don't know. I guess souls can be immortal. It's the body that dies, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. I don't get this movie. <laughs> Jackie's getting heavy on this. <laughs> yeah, that's deep, man. Deep. That is that is a plot point in the movie that is not very well explained. Okay, mm. so it's not just me. <laughs> I didn't bother. Yeah. I don't know why you bothered trying to understand this movie, Jackie, because there was so little plot. I didn't really, I, I didn't really try and even try and understand what was going on. In fact, the director said this is not a plot-driven movie; it's a character-driven movie. <laughs> and I was like, no, sh- no oh, shit. There's okay. no. It's not a plot-driven movie. 
Where's the bloody plot? I just want to have some perspective, you know, on what what the hell. It's all about the motivations of um, of um, of Hoodie Frankenstein and why he's basically trying to save the humans and blah blah blah. But I just couldn't couldn't give a shit really. <laughs> See, I thought like when he sort of made friends with the hot scientist lady, that's sort of where he grew his soul because he was like having this human you know interaction yeah. mm-hmm. that's why Makes i thought he, he grew a soul like not always had it like you guys said yeah they um, could have made that so a thought, bit more obvious though couldn't and they, then really? i thought maybe when that happened he became mm. mortal versus the last 200 years or whatever that he was not or two yeah i think they they said that it's when he um admitted his heritage uh by saying i'm not by not saying i'm adam but by saying i'm frankenstein that he became Frankenstein. I don't know what they're saying, but he became Frankenstein. Whatever. It's a pointed commentary on fatherhood and the Trayvon Martin case. That's why he's always in the hoodie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why he's always carrying, carrying Skittles in his pocket as well. Yeah, that's all the Skittles symbolism. Mm. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> the uh, main, the main gargoyle henchman guy, Jai Courtney, the one with the chin and the axe. Um, he apparently is some kind of rising star on the movie scene because in an upcoming movie, Terminator Genesis, he's playing Kyle Reese and he's, he's in the, the divergent movies and he's in suicide squad as captain boomerang. So apparently we haven't seen the last, last of this guy. He was in another movie. Oh, he was in Die Hard five. That mm-hmm. was he it. was in Jack Reacher. He was in the worst Die Hard movie ever made. He played a <laughs> Russian, I think, or something in that. He was pretty good in that. No, he played uh, he played John McClane's son. Oh, right, did he? Oh, right, I didn't even realize he was that young. In Russia. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello, John McClane. I am your son, John McClane. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's all we have time for this week. I'm off to punch some gargoyles. You can follow us on Twitter at DFSMC Podcast if you'd like to hear about upcoming movies. And my thanks this week go to the Dime for Scale Movie Club members, Todd Brisket. I think your boss is a demon prince called Tiberius. He's been hunting me for over 200 years. <laughs> thanks to Stephen Greenwell. You're only a monster if you behave like one. Thank you to Javel Jackie and Javel John. Thanks, Neil. I never had to thank a human before. Have a good weekend, Neil. <laughs> Ooh, evils. And thanks to Paul C. Glenn. I am not human, nor gargoyle, nor demon, nor interesting, nor charismatic, <laughs> nor franchisable. <laughs> Did you just fall mm. over? Did no, someone drop their mic? <laughs> maybe that's TV falling over. Uh, we have a laugh. <laughs> my throat hurts from doing those voices. <laughs> oh, that's funny because I was trying to do my... Kevin Grievous impression and I was doing it before the pod, before we started and I hurt my voice. Kevin, my name is Kevin Grievous. <laughs> I mean, how does Aaron Eckhart do that for this whole movie? Well, he has like six lines. Mm. <laughs> That's true. He's probably practice with Kristen Bale. On the no, yeah. Don't have any mustard and french fried potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> you do that really well, TB. <laughs> you know what was funny i was watching this with liam and uh that line jackie that you quoted with the um you're only you're only a monster if you behave white like one liam was like oh <laughs> Deej totally burnt. that was Deej that said that but yeah oh that was you that said that <laughs>
He was like <laughs> sick burn. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Does he know he's going to be famous next week? Does he care? Oh, he, are you kidding? He asks me about every 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs>